Welcome to Welcome to the Hallowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 3, Episode 2 of Charmed. Magic Hour. Uh, That's what it's called. I, 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 I'm just not entirely sure how it relates to literally anything in the episode. Because it's not like there's one hour where the wolf lady and the owl guy are like allowed to be people together. Right, it should be like Magic 90 Seconds. I guess the the hours the eclipse maybe is that oh yeah that's like the hour the magic ends though so magic hour is literally like like when you say magic hour it's that time of day right before the sun sets when the sun's kind of low in the sky where pictures look amazing that's what magic hour means shouldn't they have used that title to do something with prue with her photographs oh Oh, I think Prue's photography comes in, like, one more time and then is never mentioned again. <laughs> oh, I just, like, you could have done something with that. I think it's the episode where she gets single white female because we are launching headfirst into the parodies of film. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, you say parody? This isn't a parody. This is just straight up Lady Hawk. Yeah. There's I'm, like, there's... I'm using parody in the loosest terms possible. Later in the show, they straight up just do Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, I mean, there's nothing transformative here. It's just Lady Hawk. But now there are extra witches in it. Yeah, Lady Hawk with extra witches. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean with extra witches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This episode was written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin, which is why, despite the uh, concept being questionable, the episode itself is pretty good. Oh, yeah. We're, I mean, we have launched headfirst into these stupid bullshit seasons <laughs> of Charmed, but, like, this is a really fun episode, too. Like, So, I think we're, and I mean, we'll have to see how this plays out, mm -hmm. but I think the concepts are getting worse, but the writing is getting better. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it's like again, they, this is just straight up Lady Hawk. Right. But it's like they found their groove as writers. Like, they really found all of the sisters' voices. And also, now that Constance uh, Burge is being pushed out, they're like, what if we just did Lady Hawk? What if, what if... We did Cinderella, but but look what we're going to put Phoebe in. What if Phoebe was a mermaid? <laughs> what if Phoebe was a mermaid in an episode that required two different parts? What if we just did Xena? What, what if we just did Xena for fun? Which I believe was also two parts. Yes. You're, you're talking about the Amazon thing. Yeah, right? I'm talking about the Amazons. So. this th Oh, sorry. I just wanted to throw out that this episode was directed by John Barring, who we've also seen a lot of. Yeah. Again, it's it's the weird thing where the show is finally getting kind of a ongoing plot. Like, we've had little ongoing subplots, you know, mostly romantic stuff. Prue and Andy in the first season. Piper and Leo in season two. Piper, Leo, and Neighbor Dan in oh. season two. <laughs> God, Neighbor Dan. But now we're getting into, like, oh, there is a big bad. There is... More, I mean, I know we had Rex and Hannah, but really Cole is sort of the first active reoccurring villain. I thought you meant the triad. Oh, yeah, well, the triad. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be clear, Cole. Oh, Cole. You know, 
That's my complaint about this episode. Not enough coal. Not enough coal. It's okay. It's okay, because the character is going to stagnate and then stick around for longer than is narratively appropriate later. We can enjoy them, you know. Using him... Sparingly. Yes. Also, should we talk about what Lady Hawk is? Because we mentioned it like four or five times, and I don't think it's in the cultural consciousness enough anymore for it to just be a go-to reference. Oh, really? Okay, so Lady Hawk is a movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer, where she is a woman who has been cursed by a wizard, so that she and, uh... Her lover. Her lover. Um... Have to live their lives where... During the day, she's a hawk, and at night, he's a wolf. So they can never be together, you know, as people without, you know, issues. Yeah, yeah. Also, Matthew Broderick is there for some reason. I was going to say, well, yeah, and Matthew Broderick is there. That is like... I, I think I have saw Lady Hawk in its purest form, which is on TBS during the weekend about halfway through. So I didn't really get what his deal was. Like, he's like a thief or something he's who a thief. helps them out. He's a thief who helps them, but also he's like... At, basically, Matthew Broderick is the charmed ones. God. He's the one who comes in and they're like, Here, let us tell you about our... Uh... Tragic tale. Yes, yes, listen to our tragic tale. And then he helps them be people at the same time again. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how, though. I don't either. Like, I, I, I have memories of watching it you know, mid-afternoon during summer break on TBS. But I think I didn't see the whole thing, and honestly, it didn't really stick in my memory that much. I was a sucker for anything fantasy. I, I watched the not all of the Dragonheart sequels, but the one that had the oldest brother from Malcolm in the Middle in it. Oh! Where it's like, surprise, there was another dragon the whole time! Or like an egg or something, and, you know. It's Dragonheart again, except... Less gay than the original Dragonheart. Do you not think of the original Dragonheart as aggressively homoerotic? Between the the dragon and and the the guy. Yeah. Okay, I can see it. It it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know it's a buddy movie. Buddy movies always kind of have that subtext to them because you know. Hollywood only can write one relationship, and whether it's romantic or not tends to depend on the genitals of the people who are involved in it. That is accurate. Yes. So, Lady Hawk movie, uh, like, 80s fantasy movie, Lady's a hawk during the day, man's a wolf at night. Matthew Broderick's character, by the way, who is a thief, is called the mouse, because he's, like, a thief who can get into places. Uh, You know... I was trying to see if Lady Hawk was based on, like, a fairy tale or something that would excuse this wholesale stealing of the plot. Yeah. But I, I, see no, I see no such indication that it's based on a folk tale. Later, Matthew Broderick would go on to play an actual mouse in The Tale of Despero. Oh, really? Matthew Broderick was in that? Yeah, he was the main character. He's I a, assumed, yeah. Yeah, mouse with large ears who wants to be a knight or something. I saw it, but I don't remember very he, much about he it. He uses a sewing needle as a sword. Yeah. I know that from the book, though. I didn't watch the movie. I watched a lot of... Basically, every movie that came out when I was in high school, I saw because I had a friend who worked at the movie theater, so I saw movies for free. Nice. I saw 
more of Pathfinder than I think any other person has. Do you remember Pathfinder? I was going to say, what's Pathfinder? Okay, so it's this movie about this, like, Viking kid who gets taken in by Native Americans after he's abandoned by his uh, Viking crew. And they come back, like, years later and wipe out the Native Americans who had been raising him. So he goes and he kills all of them using a combination of his Viking murder skills and his Native American general skills. And it's... It was really bad. We did not sit through the whole movie. But... I feel like I feel like that movie is not going to be sensitive. No, and also it came out way later than a movie with that premise should. Ooh. Like that was like a two thousands movie. Oof. And, but the thing is, it was like opening weekend, and we were in the theater, and there was almost nobody there. That makes sense. Like. Yeah. Charmed. Let's talk about Charmed. Oh, you know what we should remind people of? That Piper and Leo are engaged. Yeah, not just engaged, but they're going to have a secret wedding so that the elders leave them alone. So the elders don't blow them both up because the elders have a hard and fast rule against witches dating white lighters. And this is, okay, so this is really weird. A lot of this episode feels like it's shot differently than Charmed usually is. Uh Uh-huh. For example, the establishing shot takes about two seconds. Yeah, and it, it, it's a it's a shot it's a shot by the way at sunset. It's shot at magic hour. Yeah. So the opening scene is like the, weirdly comedic. Also, okay, so Piper is at a beauty salon, and for some reason, every single magazine at this beauty salon is a bridal magazine. <laughs> like, I. I've never been to a salon where every magazine was a bridal magazine. Well, it's a whole montage of Piper being haunted by bridal stuff, and it feels so cartoonish. Right. Okay, so after she leaves the salon, she gets into an elevator where two women are, where, you know, one woman is showing off to another woman. Wait, no. Two women are showing off their engagement rings to each other. They're both newly engaged. And you know when someone gets engaged and you, like, hold their their hand and you look at the ring and you go, Oh, your ring! They're both, like, simultaneously holding each other's hands, going, like, Oh, your ring! And it just, like, this tight zoom in on Holly Marie Combs' face and she does this weird, like, tight-lipped head-shaking thing. I don't know what that expression is supposed to be. Then she drives home and when she gets out of her car, this, like convertible goes by like it's leading the rose bowl with like a bride sitting up in the back of the convertible like hi i'm bride parade wave does that ever happen is that a thing that's not a thing i don't even understand what's happening so the universe is just actively dicking with piper yes yes also uh by the way piper stole one of the bridal magazines from the salon i okay I, just, I want to say this now because it bothers me all through the episode. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we need to plan a secret wedding without saying the word wedding or bride or anything that's going to catch the elder's attention. So the elders can hear you say the word wedding, but... They can't see you going to the boutique and buying a white dress. Okay, the elders 
are a weird level of omnipotent where they're aware of literally everything, but if you say rutabaga instead of wedding, they have no idea what you're talking about. Except clearly they do because of what happens at the end of the episode. Fair, fair. Also, I don't... Uh, I don't like that the way this episode... I mean, it's not fair for me to put this on the episode because it's... It's society. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way this episode gives a buy-in to the societal idea that weddings have to be a certain thing. I mean, this should be like Romeo and Juliet where they meet the monk outside the abbey and, like, the monk marries them and now they're married. You don't need to go get a dress and flowers and all of that. Alternatively... We could engage in your favorite trope where they could have a, you know, small secret wedding that's just so that Leo doesn't, I don't know, get blown up by the elders. And then they would be married and you could just have the big wedding, the big public wedding later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, weirdly, though, I don't think they can do a secret courthouse wedding because this whole thing is a way of getting around the elders by invoking a higher power. So I think think that they need to do a secret wedding but with a priest you know this would be a good time to look up that uh that warlock guy who is from like the evil power of three who became a priest oh my god if this show had any memory that would be perfect although i'm not going to complain about getting grams in this episode no that's spoiler true. alert grams comes back as a high priestess to marry uh you know piper and leo yeah yeah Anyway, so Piper is getting her nose rubbed in wedding stuff by the universe. She enters the house to see Phoebe getting ready for an eclipse. There's an eclipse this episode. Okay, I feel like the director of photography in this episode was like, well, if we're going to call it magic hour, I'm going to use golden magic hour lighting through the whole episode because everyone looks amazing. Like this soft golden light is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, normally like you recognize the early seasons of Buffy are kind of grainy and, you know, obviously they switched better cameras, but this, this feels like the... I guess director of photography who who would... Yeah, would, the director of photography would... Yeah. Yeah, like, it really feels like they're doing a lot of different camera stuff and lighting stuff. I really like it. I it, mean, there's there's a beautiful shot when, when Piper first comes back into the manor to kind of talk to them about... Um, because she still hasn't really decided if she wants to elope with Leo. Because if they don't pull it off... The elders are going to be super, super mad. Yes, she still has some memories of White Lighter Land. Apparently they take a while to fade. Mm-hmm. And she says that... Wait, wait, I'm sorry, but I was talking about the shot. Like, oh, yeah. it, in the shot, we see it from an angle that we don't usually see their living room from. So we can kind of see up the stairs. And we can see, like, the wood of the stairs and the wood of the dining area to the side. And it's, like, really warm and beautiful. And we've never mentioned this, I don't think, but the window next to the staircase has some stained glass around the side. So the stained glass is kind of reflecting on the wall. It's such a beautifully composed shot. I'm like, I, I'm in awe. Yeah. I am in awe watching it. Yeah. It's... it. Even, the, even Phoebe's terrible, terrible outfit looks beautiful <laughs> in this well-composed, well-lit shot. 
Also, I don't know who told uh, Prue that she should be wearing pink, but someone needs to vanquish that person. Oh, so mean. Pink is not a good color on Shannon Doherty. Yeah, it's, it's just it's accurate. not. It's accurate. It's not her color. She's a winter, right? That's how yeah. That's how the color things work. Like, yeah, she should, she, yeah, she should be wearing cooler tones. She shouldn't be wearing jewel tones like that. Yeah. So, uh, Piper's like, look, she, she gathers her sisters to commiserate about her upcoming wedding, which they're not allowed to say because the elders are listening. And apparently, apparently the price for violating the elders no dating rule is unspeakable wrath, the likes of which you couldn't possibly imagine. That uh, these sisters need to unionize and realize that they are the charmed ones, and maybe the elders need to fall in line. That's an interesting thought we should put into our pockets for the later seasons <laughs> of Charmed, because I feel like that's actually kind of what happens yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they're like, look, you blew it with Prue, but basically, if you don't want to lose to evil forever, you kind of have to let us do whatever we want. Yeah. Much like Buffy does in, uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she finally goes to the Watcher's Council and she's like, hey, which one of us is the chosen one? One girl in all the world. To be not fair to the Watcher's Council, because you are correct, they are evil and should have been the actual big bads of the right? last season. But to be fair, they never really had to negotiate with the Slayers before this, because they usually die after like a year or two. Yeah, Buffy was in a uniquely good position because she dies in season one is brought back to life kendra is called kendra dies faith is called when kendra dies faith is in jail if buffy dies there will be no new slayer called no new slayer will be called until faith dies yeah and faith is off of the board for now faith is arguably way safer in prison than she than any other slayer has been throughout the course of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder if Faith had to do her cruciatum, or if, uh... I mean, wasn't her cruciatum having an evil watcher? I mean, redundant, right? Yeah. But this isn't the Buffy cast. This isn't, uh, this isn't Welcome to Sunnydale. Yeah. Piper is doubting, you know, whether the wedding's gonna happen, and Leo's like, eh, we should still... We should still, I'm looking for ways around it. I'm looking for ways where we can have this and not get blown up and then sent to super hell or whatever the elders are going to do to them. Right. So, well, this is not Welcome to Sunnydale. Do you know what this is? Uh, Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm sorry, Welcome to Hollowell Manor. I keep putting a the there. Eh. It's because I have a kid. As soon as you become a dad, you start putting the in the titles of things unnecessarily. Um, yes, but I was actually going to say this is Kitwatch 2021! Kitwatch 2021! I legitimately thought that we were done with this, uh... With I, Kit? <laughs> I, I, I thought we were done with this uh, segment, but no, we have Kitwatch 2021! Because the conversation about, you know, marriage and unspeakable wrath is interrupted by Kit finding an owl on their porch. Or rather, a green-screened cat finding a por- an owl on their porch. Well, I, I, I think... Kit herded it onto the porch. Yeah. Yes. Kit has guided this out. This is, I think, possibly the most proactive Kit's been outside of maybe the cursed painting episode. And even that was just Phoebe strapping the counterspell to her collar and then throwing her into the cursed <laughs> painting. <laughs> that is what she did. Yeah. Yeah. So Kit has herded this owl onto the porch and the owl turns into a naked man. Remember, you can do side butt on uh, prime, not prime time, but network TV. Yeah. Side butt is totally kosher. Apparently. 
not to go to Buffy again. But uh, as we know from when Angel came back from hell and also basically all of Spike's stuff in the uh, sixth season. Ah, yes. James Marster described his uh, costume for the sixth season as basically a sock. <laughs> uh... but it's weird that you can do side butt but not full butt. Like, who, who, who quantifies what is an acceptable amount of ass to put on TV? I mean, the FCC standards and practices like keeps people in line but if if they if they step out of line it's it's the fcc who comes down on them which i i just i remember a story about this from hannibal a show which we should watch (laughs) there is a bit where there's a guy who's being tortured by hannibal or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh and you can see his 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 butt crack and they're like you can't do that that's not an acceptable thing you can't see this man's butt crack so they filled it with blood like, they covered it with blood so you couldn't see it anymore, and that was fine. God. And I'm like, who made that decision? Who's like, oh, okay, as long as we can't see the butt crack, it's fine. Also, you can see butt cracks in comedies, so that's okay. As long as you're not possibly going to be sexually aroused by a rear end. Well, also, you can see a penis in an R-rated comedy as long as it's not erect. That's legit the rule. Uh, okay i uh, okay but i actually wanted to mention something different which is uh world of darkness the role-playing system yes so there's a thing in world of darkness if you're playing one of the shape-shifting you know races uh called whole cloth it's a it's a so you don't lose your clothing when you become and so you become a werewolf. Don't lose your clothing. This guy's clothing budget must be out of control because he doesn't have whole cloth. Every time he turns into an owl, he presumably flies out of his clothes, and then he shows up wherever he is naked and has to go find more clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Maybe he just kind of hangs around where clothes are generally, except for this time where he got herded by Kit to the, uh... Yeah, yeah, I guess normally he, he flies back to his clothes before he turns into a human. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So he's at the manor, and he is, uh... Luckily, they still have a bunch of dead Andy's clothes or something, because they I... have dude's clothes for him. I think they say they're Leo's clothes. Okay, so... Does Leo keep stuff there? I mean, I, I know this is the perpetual question of Leo, but does he have an apartment in White Lighter Land? Like, where does he put his presumably clothes are the only things he owns, right? Yeah, I and mean, he doesn't have a house in in on Earth, so it would make sense that he would keep them here. Clothes and handyman tools, I guess. Yes, yes. So Al Guy's like, yeah, thanks for giving me clothes, but I have to go. And they're like, no, you were brought to us for a reason. He's like, yeah, the reason was that your cat made me come to your house i need to go and they're like look we clearly know about magic stuff you know how we're not (laughs) weirded out by you turning from an owl to a dude maybe let us help you he's like nobody can help me oh i am cursed cursed and they're like oh yeah okay buddy maybe dial it hasn't been cursed maybe dial it down a little bit calm down also he's like my boss cursed me it's weird how he keeps her for his uh girlfriend's boss no, no, it was his boss. It's, it's definitely his boss. Really? Uh, yeah, it was his boss. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's so weird. I guess they're like, well, this is urban fantasy, right? It takes place in the real world. If we're having a guy who's not familiar with magic, then 
he can't be a wizard or a sorcerer or a demon, even though that's what he is. Like it's well, I mean, it, I'm I'm sure wizarding or sorcerering, sorcerising, sorcerizing, sorcery. I'm, sh- I'm sure it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, I when, remember when we saw the Horsemen of the Apocalypse and they were like Wall Street Bros. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I wish we had kind of expanded on this guy's thing and he had been a guy who kind of worked at one of those places but was a human guy and didn't know. So, I feel like this is an expansion of the Charmed lore, though, because before we've really only seen warlocks and demons, or alternatively, witches, Mm -hmm. like... Sorcerer wizard is sort of a new magic thing. There's someone who's outside of the normal, I'd say binary, except we've seen evil witches. So, but this is a new thing. You're right, and and I I do like the way that this is advancing the the world of Charmed. So I shouldn't be complaining that I want it to be you know more advanced. Also, we see him rooting around in the laundry basket for more clothes, which means that. Wherever Leo stores his clothes, Piper washes them for him. Dude, you know, I just kind of assumed that Orbing would clean your clothes. I don't know why that doesn't seem like... But no, it, no, it makes sense because, like... You in, leave the dirt behind, right? Yeah, in, in Star Trek, when you teleport... You, they use teleporters to get, like, sterile because you just teleport away everything that's not you. Are you saying that there's a uh, continuity error in the first episode of Star Trek Lower Decks? I am not, because sonic showers use the teleporting technology, but that's not a side effect of the teleporter. Uh, So Leo's not clean every time he orbs, but he could use orbing to clean himself. Mm. Wait, so does that mean that showers also do the thing where they kill you and then reconstitute you? So it's, it's, it's not just getting from place to place. It's also, if you want to take a shower, you're going to be murdered, and then a clone with all of your memories is going to... Uh... Uh, no, no. Showers are taking away all the dirt, not you. Uh. So there might be a teleporter accident where, like, the dirt that was on you becomes sentient. Kind of like the toxins episode of Rick and Morty, where Rick and Morty have their toxins, like, transported out of them, and their toxins have their own, like, intelligence. This is a really good episode of Charmed, but we're talking about so much other stuff. I think that's how you know it's a good episode. Yes. So, uh, Prue's like, look, I'll help Owlguy. You two go to the bookstore and see if you can find books about secret weddings. About the rutabaga. About how to have a secret rutabaga so the elders don't find out and blow you and Leo up. And, well, then we cut to them at the bookstore. And Phoebe's like, um, if the Book of Shadows doesn't tell us how to have a secret wedding, I'm not sure what you think we're going to learn from books from the Wicca section of Barnes and Noble. Although, I mean, in this universe, that's like, these books would presumably, like, give you actual results, right? Well, okay, so to jump ahead a little bit, Mm -hmm. they end up having a hand fasting, which is something they definitely could have read about from actual books that they actually bought at Barnes & Noble, but also the Book of Shadows already explained a hand fasting. Yeah. Um, I guess they could have bought... The reason that Phoebe thinks they can't do a hand fasting is because they don't have a high witch. I suppose they could have bought the book, The Solitary Witch... And learned about what you do when you don't have a high witch. Like, mm. the, the actual real book. Also, I want to point out that Phoebe is buying the giving tree. 
Like, does she think she's going to do a reading from the giving tree at their wedding? What What is happening? What an awful book to read at a wedding. But not completely inappropriate for what Leo and, and Piper's relationship ends up being. Piper's the boy, right? And yeah. That, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leo's the tree. <laughs> okay, because I'm like, I know normally in most... Heteronormative. Stereo- stereotypically and honestly probably accurately in most heteronormative marriages, the woman is the giving tree and the man is the boy. But that is not the dynamic Leo and Piper have. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the giving tree, it's not a great dynamic, obviously. Mm. But I think that's because when we read it, we think of it as being like a couple. But I think it's... It's less disturbing when you when you think of it as the parent and a child. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. Because, you know, you're more willing to give of yourself with... With your child, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and not get, you know, it's not a reciprocal relationship. Right. And that's... That's fine. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, the way, that's the way it should be. You take care of your kids. Exactly. I'm trying to see what the other book is that Phoebe has, because it looks like another children's book, but I'm not... Maybe, maybe it's like when you're trying to buy... Uh, I don't know, porn or f- illegal fireworks where you need to get a bunch of other stuff to hide it. So they're, like, hiding the wedding stuff inside children's books. Well, I mean, they're they're not, though, because Phoebe's got... I can't tell what the children's book is that she's holding underneath the giving tree, but she's got the giving tree and another children's book. And then Piper's just got a big stack of, like, so you want to be a bride. That, that just doesn't seem helpful, Piper. They anyway, they run into Cole and Cole's like they're like, Cole, what are you doing at a bookstore? And he's like, It's the late nineties, early two thousands. People just go to bookstores, it's not unusual. But they're like, No, seriously, you need a reason to be at a bookstore and he's like, Fine, I'm getting I, I'm I'm reading about serial killers for like a case that I'm working on. Yeah, I'm reading about criminal psychology because apparently attorneys are also supposed to be profilers. I don't know. Okay, so Piper's book is a fake book, I hope. I hope this is not a real book and that it's, like, a mocked-up cover. Mm-hmm. The book is called How to Keep Your Wedding Hush Hush. And here's the thing. If you need a book that thick to tell you how to elope, I I feel like I feel like at that point a book's not going to help you. I kind of wish that they had never found out that Cole was a demon because I love the dynamic here where Cole's like, so... Planning a secret wedding, huh? And they're like, oh, it's for our cousin. And he's like, mm-hmm. Our cousin Mimi. Yeah, because Piper's like, it's for me. 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 <laughs> our cousin Mimi. And Cole's like, Jesus Christ, how how are we having this much trouble killing you? They're like, why, why, why are they so bad at hiding things? Anyway, Cole uses his magic Weesey to swap out which books are in which bags so that he'll have an excuse to go see Phoebe again. I I want to point out, because we didn't mention it last episode, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah? I, I'm sorry. When Cole switches the books, we get a really good look at the other book in Piper's bag and it's called the secret to eloping and the cover image is like a window with a ladder like someone snuck out of their bedroom window to go elope 
I like to think that there's a whole secret wedding section at this bookstore. I just, I need to, I just need to dissect this imagery. Like, someone had to sneak out of their house to elope? That's like... There's a lot to unpack there. What is this, an early Taylor Swift song? <laughs> I just, I... God, now I, I, I'm, I'm sure those are fake books. That's, it can't possibly be a real book. I refuse to even check to see if it's a real book. So we didn't really talk about it last episode, but I do want to point out uh, that Phoebe has vaguely gone blonde. Yeah, so, we, we did mention it last episode, but yes, Phoebe has gone blonde. So does that mean she's going to fall? Is this more of a, you know, foreshadowing her becoming the queen of hell? Because you know the thing about charmed and blonde women. They are evil or dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Phoebe, honestly, I feel like Phoebe dies way less than the other sisters. Like, obviously, Prue had the big one. But Piper dies a fair amount over the course of the show. I feel like Phoebe doesn't really die that much. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because Phoebe is the one who goes most evil. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it, it definitely is foreshadowing that on TV tropes, they identify one of the tropes as, uh, you know, one of the tropes is um, uh, brunette, blonde, and redhead. Mm-hmm. And they identified that with Phoebe being a blonde, when Prue dies and we get... Um, Paige. And we get Paige, who's a redhead. Not at first, but though. But sometimes is a redhead. At, at, at certain points, we will have that dynamic, that brown... It's weird because it's never all at the same time. Yeah, that is weird. There might be like, there might be like one episode, one 90 second period. (laughs) Much like in this episode. So, I just, I love Cole looking at the, I just love him looking at the books and going like, really? Really? (laughs) Because Cole is, uh... The thing is, uh, as I said at the beginning of the episode, we're getting into the silly bullshit things, but Cole's such a serious character, and when he has to interact with the goofy bullshit stuff, it's just, it's gold. Yeah, he, like, he enhances and kind of underlines how ridiculous certain aspects of this show are in a way that's very pleasurable. Like, way later in the show when he's, like... When he's his own dumb bullshit? Well, when he comes back from... Like, when he comes back from Super Hell, and they're like, oh, he's crazy now, and he's trying to kill himself, but he can't because he's too powerful. And he's he's having this plot, which should be, you know, which should be super, uh, you know, heavy and dramatic. And then it's like, but uh-oh, now Phoebe's a sexy mummy, and she's doing a sexy mummy dance in his depression apartment. Like, he's just on the couch. He's got, like, old Chinese food smeared all over his face. He's just staring at old episodes of I Love Lucy. And then Phoebe teleports in a sexy mummy outfit and just starts dancing on top of his depression table. Okay, okay, let's let's not think about how dirty this show's gonna do Cole and just enjoy having, having Cole proper here while we have him. Or the superhero episode where he's trying to prove that he's a good guy to get Phoebe back. And they're like, whatever, Cole, we don't care. We're superheroes now. <laughs> this show. Oh. Anyway, over at Evil HQ, the evil boss is like, 
signing like he's he's so bored with evil and he's like bored signing documents and blood and his henchling his henchling come henchling that's a word right sure i think henchman was what you were looking for but i like henchling his henchling comes in and is like boss we made so much money and he's like i know i don't even have to try when i'm evil okay so this guy's like oh uh, he, he's like a sorcerer right that's sort of what we're landing on yeah because the only sorcerer we had before was the dream sorcerer who was not an actual sorcerer he was a scientist who used machines to freddy krueger people which I feel like is divorced enough from Nightmare on Elm Street so that we can say that this is, like, the first really ripping off pop culture thing. Yeah, yeah. Because killing someone in their dreams is not exclusively, like, I know Freddy Krueger popularized it, but it's not a super new concept. I love this guy. Speaking of cartoony bullshit, this guy is, like, picking scenery out of his teeth. He is, like, off-the-wall Saturday morning cartoon villain. It's so boring making money when you're evil. One of his henchmen annoys him, so you know he's evil because he just blasts him away. And he, he, he's really burning through the henchmen. By the way, our, the, the reason I brought up he's a sorcerer, right, is because it seems like his henchmen are dark lighters. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, no, that makes sense, right? Because, like... There's that one special breed of dark lighter whose whole thing is destroying love. But is this guy, like... Is this guy also a dark lighter, but he, like, got other powers through being a good dark li- or being good at being a dark lighter, or is he, like, a sorcerer who just employs dark lighters? Well, no, I think that these dark lighters work for him the way that white lighters work for witches. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess that does kind of make sense. And uh, to be fair, the only reason I think that they might be dark lighters is because they use the iconic dark lighter crossbows. Right, it, they could not be dark lighters. They could have just... Binge. Had that effect saved in, in After Effects, and they were like, hey, that's that's what we'll use. So, but he really burns through his minions in this episode. Like, he does. I would not want to work for this guy. Well, he's not very forward-thinking. He's, he's not, he's really in it for, like, immediate pleasure and not long-term planning. Because he did this whole curse thing with the owl and the, the wolf thing two months ago, and he's like, ugh. It's been two months and they haven't given up on love yet. Screw it. I'm done. Just I'm kill, bored. kill the owl guy and then she'll have to marry me. His girlfriend will have to marry me. God, can you imagine just getting an office job and like you you go to the Christmas party with your significant other and your boss is like, oh, by the way, I'm a sorcerer and I want your significant other. So I'm cursing you. <laughs> You're like, wow, shouldn't have come to this Christmas party. Um, as someone who has worked an office job for a long time, yeah, I can imagine it. Not now. I've got a great boss now, but some of my previous bosses, yeah, I can imagine it. So Al Guy breaks into the apartment. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And the sorcerer's like, oh, that's so cute. You're being cute. That's cute. He says, he says, I'm going to cut out your heart like you cut out mine. I do, I feel like this guy picked the right people to curse. They're very dramatic. I know, right? Also, I want to point out that Sorcerer Guy is like, I can't believe you managed to get so close. And it's like, maybe if you stopped killing your henchmen, people wouldn't get so close. And the guy's about to cut out his heart with the knife, I guess. Do you think he stole that from the Charmed Ones? Yes, he, he absolutely did. So... He's like, do you think cutting out my heart is going to stop the curse? And the guy's like, well, I mean, 
Yeah. It, was, it, it can't possibly hurt, right? It did in the movie. So, a new minion. Yeah, he he doesn't dorb. He kind of dark bamfs in. Yeah. So, I guess maybe not a dark lighter, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he, he, he bamfs in with a crossbow, and the sorcerer guy's like, kill him! And he fires and misses at, like, a really, really embarrassingly short range. And so, uh... The owl guy runs off and the boss is like, find him, kill him, find him and kill him. Yes, but so he's just completely given up on banging this woman because if he kills the owl, he has no leverage anymore. I mean, I guess... I mean, his leverage wasn't exactly working in the first place. Yeah, and also, I guess, I, he, even even as I say that, I guess his leverage is her not turning into a wolf every night. So, yeah, yeah okay. I mean, just, you can plan your social life around that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if the person you're in love with isn't turning into a... Uh, isn't turning into an owl every day while you turn into a wolf, well, you know, during the only time you're a human, then yeah, I guess you can plan around it. So back at the manor, the girls are flipping through the book to try to see if they can de-owlify this guy, when suddenly the book mysteriously turns to the page on hand fasting. Okay, so again, the elders can't hear, the elders, I'm sorry, can hear them say wedding, but can't see when they write down the word hand fasting. Thank you, because... They have a uh, hush-style chalkboard that they use to write out the stuff they don't want the elders. They're they're just mostly omnipotent. It's fine. (laughs) And uh, Piper's like, wait, I thought when you looked in the book earlier, you uh, didn't see anything about secret rutabaga ceremonies. And And Phoebe's like, yeah, see, the thing is, I kind of freaked out when... Leo and you told us that if you two get rutabagaed, then the elders are going to blow up our house and kill all of us. So, and Piper's like, well, technically they'd probably just blow up and kill me and Leo. Maybe even just Leo. And Phoebe's like, yeah, but I might be next to you. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to get any unspeakable wrath on me. In fact, she, I, I like, she erases the word hand fasting and writes unspeakable wrath. <laughs> These people are writing very quickly. I think it's interesting that Phoebe is the one who's being pragmatic. Phoebe should be the romantic who's like, yeah, do it. Yeah, although I guess normally the pragmatic role falls to Piper and it kind of can't in this situation. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But this is a thing that we'll end up defining the Charmed Ones a lot later. This kind of aggressive self-preservation instinct. Mm-hmm. At, at the cost about... of... I mean, of course, of course they have a self-preservation instinct. Everyone does. But really at the cost of a lot of people. I like that the episode doesn't outright frame Phoebe as being selfish for this, which it very easily could. It, it does kind of, you know, it does kind of be like, okay, but we have to prioritize love over safety, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Phoebe is not portrayed as being unreasonable here. It is reasonable to be like... I don't, A, I don't want anything bad to happen to you or Leo, and B, I don't want anything bad happen to, you know, happen to me. Like, I know it's, I know we should be all rah-rah love, but, like, there, this, this might be a more important, it might be more important to just be alive. Also, I think there's a, there's a part of Phoebe 
you know, an important part of Phoebe that doesn't want Piper to just get married to trick the elders, like... To solve a problem. Yeah, exactly. Even though, I mean, that is what marriage is, right? It's not to, you know, not to solve a problem, but it's like, you know... You, you get married so that you have the legal protection so that you can have sex and children and pass your Diseases. property onto each other. Yeah. Yeah, like if... Diseases? Yeah, so you'll be on the same insurance plan. Oh, insurance, yeah. Ugh. Like, yeah, marriage is about protection. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I forget what the exact number is, but it, it's something... It's like 2,000. It's like there are 2,000 references in the federal code to spouses like things that apply if you are married to a person so Mm. even though there are workarounds for everything yeah getting married it's about legal and yeah it's about protection always has been phoebe (laughs) always has been luckily this very awkward conversation is interrupted by phoebe having a premonition of owl guy encountering a wolf in the woods yeah she picks up one of the feathers that he's apparently dropped in the attic and is like oh no he's being attacked my premonitions are doing that annoying thing where they're showing me things out of context so we go to a i feel like aggressively day for night shot of the three charmed ones wandering through the woods holding hands uh, it really just looks like they darkened up the uh, shots and maybe put a blue filter over it. They did, but I feel like they shot day for night, not for time reasons, which is what you usually do, mm-hmm. but specifically so that they could show how close to sunrise they are because that that is what's happening. The wolf comes upon them. He The, the wolf finds the girls and i do like that prue's complaining that they've been out in the woods for hours because the woods is not a good descriptor of a place you know to find someone she's like i don't know i saw i saw trees i got this general forest but also i do like that they point out that scrying does not work on animals they're like we can't track him when he's in owl form we can't track the wolf in wolf form yeah so the sun fucking books it. Okay, no, so this is this is what I was saying about shooting day for night, right? Like, the sun rises, but yeah. but it's full light. Like, they just took the filter off the camera. It is full light, even though the next shot we see is of the sun rising. Yeah. They find the wolf. They find the guy. The wolf and the guy are in a clearing with them. The sun's like, BAM! And then... You know, oh, she does her little Beauty and Sailor the Beast. Sailor Moon transformation. Yeah, oh, you, no, Beauty and the Beast is more appropriate than Sailor Moon, yes. Fiona from Shrek. Yes. Know, rises into the air, light swirling around, except not because this is charmed and there's no way in hell they could afford that. Right? I'm kind of disappointed more stuff doesn't try to do that in live action. That would be a cool thing to see in live action. Well, I showed you that, I showed you the... Beauty and the Beast ride in Japan, where they have the animatronic that does it. It's rem- I, don't, I can't even tell how they do it. It's amazing. I saw this thing about the over-reliance of uh, CG in movies these days being a union thing, because there's all of these, uh, there's not really protections in place for people who are doing, like, CG stuff. I mean, that makes sense. We we know how abused the, the CG houses that did 
Lion King and Sonic the Hedgehog were. Yeah, and it's like, you don't have to worry about the Union stuff you have to worry about when you're doing practical effects because they had years to build in those protections, which is just incredibly depressing. And also, bring back practical effects, a lot of that stuff straight up looks better. It really does. I know no one cares about this at all, but someone pointed out, and there, there was a big running thing for the 15 seconds the Inhumans TV show was a thing, where they have, you know, the giant CGI lockjaw, that, that the giant CGI dog for those of you who aren't familiar with the Inhumans, mm -hmm. that nobody touches at any point in the uh, show. Oh. And it's like, really? You couldn't put some, like, fake dog fur on a plank and have a character petting it? Like, you just always have to have the CG version of the dog so no one ever touches the dog. There's a point, apparently, where the dog gets hit by a car and it has to happen off screen because they couldn't have it. Oh, that sounds terrible. I mean, the whole Inhumans TV show was a bad idea in the first place, which... It didn't need to be. As someone else pointed out, you could do a really good Inhumans uh, TV show, but it would have to be Game of Thronesy, and you would have to not be married to the main characters being protagonists. They can't be good people because the Inhumans, functionally as a concept, they are not good people. Well, I mean, that's Game of Thrones. No one's a good person. Yeah. Apparently. Don't want to get into that. Yeah, okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Charmed. The the wolf and the owl guy, they run into a little shack, which I guess clears up the question of clothing, because we see the wolf, who is now a human girl, running out of the shack in, like, a gauzy dress that she presumably stores there. I like that she, she's like, okay, I, I might as well, the clothes that I put in this shack should be fairy tale e. Because it's like this white sundress, and it's flowing prettily behind her as she's running out of the shack. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're right that that is the effect, and that is that is good. But this is, this is one of those magical things where, where aesthetic is married to practicality, because that's a dress that will stay in one piece when she transforms into a wolf. Hmm. Hmm. Also, why is pink the code color for the sisters in this episode? They are all... I noticed that earlier. They are all wearing pink all episode. It's... Is it because, like, romance? I guess. It's it's a weird choice. So, the wolf lady's like, Oh, leave me alone. You don't understand. There's so much going on. And, <laughs> and Prue's like, yeah, we get it. It's not difficult to understand. They're like, Owl Guy wanted us to talk to you and tell you that he loves you. And it's like, no, he did not. <laughs> Liars. And she's like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to tell the sorcerer that he can have whatever he wants because I need to save Christian. And I'm like, oh my God, Christian is the perfect. It's, it's Christopher. That, that still, you, that is a perfect name for a dude who gets turned into an owl. Like, <laughs> Like, that is just fairy tale enough. And, uh, oh God, I love this. I love this so much. The Darklighter guy bamps in midair and he does a flip out of his bamf. Right, that was completely unnecessary. He could have bamped onto the ground, but he bamped into the air so that he could do a flip. And then he fires and misses again. Okay, but they're not dark lighter yeah, arrows. Yeah, they're not dark lighter arrows. They're regular arrows. So maybe they're just regular demons who use crossbows? Or maybe they're regular humans who have been, like, imbued with dark power by I the mean, wizard? So warlocks, I guess. 
I guess that is what a warlock is. I mean, but warlocks usually get them from, I mean, killing witches, but also from demons. So I guess if you were a powerful enough sorcerer, you could probably just imbue minions with... Huh. I wonder if Christopher had kept working for him if he had would eventually have gotten that whole thing. Oh, gig. yeah, that's... I mean, we saw how, like, muscular he was when we saw him naked on the front porch. So, yeah, he was probably being brought up to be another guy. Oh. That puts an interesting spin on him being an innocent who's being helped. Because he is an innocent. He has not done anything wrong. He has not chosen evil. But clearly he was the kind of person that the sorcerer thought could be persuaded I don't know, I feel like that's kind of giving the sorcerer a lot of credit. This guy seems like he might have more magic power than brains. Yeah, fair. So, they go, they bring the innocent lady back to the house. There's a very brief reference where Prue's like, it's just like in that movie, and I'm like, don't, don't reference Lady Hawk. (laughs) Don't reference Lady Hawk, the story you are directly ripping off. Yeah, that doesn't excuse it. But... Piper pulls Phoebe to the side and she's like, hey, you seem kind of antsy about the whole secret rutabaga thing. And and Phoebe's like, okay, look, I love you and I love Leo, but I really don't want you to be blown up and I don't want to be blown up. And Piper, being way more reasonable than I think she is at any point in the series, I mean, we're still in the early seasons where Piper is a fairly reasonable person. She's like, look, if you're not comfortable with this, I won't do it. It's fine. Okay, I don't see that as her being reasonable. You see this as her seeing an out? Yes! She doesn't really want to do it! I I mean, I, it could be read either way, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I read it. So, Wolf Lady sees a note from Owl Guy on the fridge, and she's like, we used to leave each other notes like this all the time in the beginning. But she, it, The beginning two months ago, by the way. It's only been two months. God. <laughs> but... It's harder to maintain a long distance relationship, and Prue's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm in a ser- I'm in a super long distance relationship. My only serious long term reoccurring love interest is dead. If, if you don't count Jack Sheridan, which, eh. <laughs> no, no, it's just Dandy. Yeah. So, I keep thinking that this lady, I don't think she is, is like one of the daughters from Seventh Heaven, because she has kind of that vibe to her. She does have that vibe. She is not, though. We'll get to it in premonitions. Oh, yes, we will. But she looks out the window, and the owl's like, They play a lot of owl noises unnecessarily. We get that he's an owl. I think it's really interesting that he's an owl during the day, you know. When he should be asleep. When he should be asleep. Does he just not get any sleep? I mean, I guess normally he sleeps as a dude. No, no, I think he sleeps as an owl and moves around as a dude. He just oh. sleeps during the day, even though owls... Are nocturnal. Wait, owls do sleep during the day. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I think he sleeps during the day as an owl. Um, But I think this was a good choice because you shouldn't see an owl outside during the day. Like, it's... It adds to the uncanny nature of the curse that if he's out and about, it's because he's not a normal owl. I think that she should just lean into this. They should stay a couple and she should just be that weird owl lady during the day. Can you be a couple if you only have like a few seconds a day where you're both humans? Well, I don't think they have a few seconds a day. But yeah, sure you can. I mean, it would be mostly, it would basically be like an online relationship, except you can, you know, pet the other person's fur and or feathers. I guess. I mean, they keep their human minds in the bodies. Yeah. 
They could just learn to communicate through... Yeah. They could make this work. If they really wanted to, they could make this work. I mean, other than the fact that the more they make it work, the more the sorcerer guy is going to get bored and try to kill them. Yeah, which... That, that is itself a problem. I feel like two months is sort of a good amount of time for them to start being like, okay, this is not tenable long term. And there's no end in sight. Yeah. So, she has this speech, Wolf Lady gives this long speech about how it seems like love should be enough, but when there's so many obstacles, then you have to wonder, at a certain point, isn't it better to just give up on love? And Piper's like, this feels really directed. Piper's like, oh, this relates to my thing! (laughs) And Pru- it's funny how much more benefit of the doubt you're giving Piper this episode than I am. <laughs> and Prue gives a double meaning speech about how love's always worth it. And that's why I'm not going to have a serious love interest for the rest of my time on this show. But, you know, love's always worth it. And I have a dead boyfriend, guys. And actually, I don't think she references Andy, which she, she does should. Not. But she's like, love's always worth it. And you never know how much you miss it until it's gone. And it's like, this would be a good time to bring up your dead boyfriend. But... Yeah. So I I really wish that this sorcerer guy was reoccurring. He's not a good actor, but he's a fun actor. I mean, he could he could have been our Lana Puria. He's he's he, he. I mean, Lana Puria is a good actress who was uplifting bad material. This is a guy who does know how much he needs to lean into being a cartoonish bad guy. Yes, I guess by Lana Puria I meant that much like Lana Puria in Once Upon a Time. He completely understands the assignment. Mm. He, like, he knows where he is and what he's doing. So what if his henchman comes in with a dead owl? <laughs> I, lo- I love this because he's like, hmm, you brought in a dead owl. The thing is, the magic wouldn't last, you know, until it, it wouldn't last after death. So unless there's a really small dead human dude in that bag, looks like you didn't do the assignment. And then he burns the guy to death with magic. It is the guy who did, like, a, a flip out of the... Yeah, yeah. And then he... Now, now, did the guy think... I mean, he must have thought that he killed the right owl, right? Oh, no. I 100% assume that he was like, Oh, I'm gonna get blown up if I don't bring back something. Oh, okay. I feel like this is a woodsman bringing back a deer's heart situation. Which always kind of bothered me, because I was like, wouldn't a deer's heart look a lot different than a person's heart? And then I was like, you know what, I'm sure the, you didn't know what hearts look like The evil queen isn't going to know the difference. In some versions of the fairy tale, uh, he brings back a heart made out of marzipan. You know, in some of the more modern retellings where, oh, we can't kill a deer, the kids will freak out. It's literally his job. Yeah, yeah. But also, like... She would definitely be able to tell the difference between a marzipan heart and a real heart. I don't know. Maybe she's not the brightest. Uh, uh, so, uh, our daughter has a ASL story time app that we, you know, we watch about forty-five minutes an hour of every day. We mostly just cycle through the same stories. So I've I've seen that version of Snow White roughly ten thousand times. Uh huh. And I know it's medieval. You know. murders your go-to thing but i'm like if she really just wanted to be the prettiest person the fairest in all the land she could have just had the woodsman like the huntsman like punch her in the face really hard snow white no No, i know that (laughs) i don't know why 
I feel like that's more messed up than murdering her, but I, I do. I just do. Or alternatively, she could have used the magic that she used to, you know, turn into a hag to make herself hotter. Well, the mirror can tell if, oh, the mirror can tell glamours. Like, it doesn't work if it's just a glamour. But seriously, you could have just, like, punched her in the face. The goodness in her heart would have shone through. Yeah, okay. That's why you have to cut the heart out. Anyway. anyway, I love how after he blows up the minion, he buzzes in. He's like, okay, send in the next guy in the packing order. And I really like the next henchman in the packing order. He has kind of a... Uh, He's got an evil mustache and an evil soul patch. He, he has a... Yeah, he. I, I really I like this guy. This guy has strong minion vibes. Mm-hmm. And I love how he, he bamps in he's like, oh, I got a promotion. Yeah, look at me. And then he notices the dust of the guy who, you know, died on the floor. And he's like, oh. Well, okay, so the other evil guy had like an evil soul patch. Making me think that he chooses his minions based completely on facial hair. God, I wish this guy stuck around. He could have been the show's Team Rocket. Yes. Thank yeah, Yes. Yes. That's, that's exactly what he is. So, we're... Are we in the Charmed One's backyard? Yeah. I feel like we never see their backyard. Well, we see it through the kitchen window, but you're right. We're never... We're hardly ever there. I, I think we've been out there a couple of times, but we're hardly ever there. Anyway, um, so now now Wolf Girl is telling her version of the story. And she was also... she. She also worked at the same company. Right. So, I guess we were both right. He was both of their bosses. She's like, look, like, he came on to me, but I was dating someone else, and I didn't know he was a wizard or sorcerer, because, as we know from watching later episodes of Charmed, there is only one remaining wizard, and it's Armin Shimmerman. Yes. He's the last of his kind. Although, I guess he would be the last of his kind if this guy was a wizard, because this guy gets blown up near the end of the episode, so. Yeah. So, she says that the curse is going to last um, until she gives in to the him, or until there is... A night within a day. How do you not... What could that possibly mean? It's a, it's a good thing that uh, Phoebe established that she was making special glasses for an eclipse at the beginning of the episode. But how do you not immediately know that it's the eclipse? Like, how, how do you not immediately get that? I know, this isn't like... It's a night in the day that's... It, it's as close as to saying until an eclipse as humanly possible. <laughs> so Phoebe's flipping upstairs. Phoebe's flipping through the book looking for, you know, an anti-owl wolf spell still. And the book flips back to hand fasting and she's like, uh. Not helpful. And Grams decides to just straight up manifest, which, okay. I, God, I love Grams's fashion here. I, I love that they keep her in this very witchy aesthetic. Like she has this... I, I'm not sure if this is one of the ones she was wearing earlier, but she has those, like, wing dresses. Yeah, she's she's your, your hippie witch aunt vibe. I, <laughs> yeah, she, she's, you know, flipping to the hand fasting book. She's the one who's been doing that. She's the one who's been trying to get Phoebe to be on board with this. Phoebe's all like, but I thought you didn't believe in love. And Grams is like, yes, but I believe in fucking over the elders. I love Grams. I love Grams so much because Phoebe's like, 
we can't talk about the Brutabaga. The elders are listening. And Grams waves her hand and she's like, oh, I'm beyond them now. Yeah. Which is just such a great undercutting of... <laughs> and uh, to be fair, this I know this is a New Charmed thing, but New Charmed, their take on the elders was that the elders were a group of, like, high-level witches, which is an interesting take on it. I do... I do like this, I do like the classic thing better, that the elders are just, Angelic beings of some sort. An angelic council. They dump it later, because I do like the idea that the elders are straight up not human, Mm -hmm. but then it turns out later that they're basically just white lighters who got promoted, which I don't like as much, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But Grimms is like, look, I can do whatever I want. Fuck the elders. Uh, And Phoebe... You know, you have to believe in love, Phoebe. And he's like, you didn't believe in love. And she's like, I never said I had to believe in love. <laughs> you have to believe in love. I had cool powers. And I I still have cool powers in death. You have premonition. You need love. Oh. Hey, I thought premonition was the most powerful <laughs> power. Oh, that's just what we say to make you feel better, Phoebe. But Grams tells her, like, look, when the moment is right they'll know and phoebe's like i don't want to get blown up though and grams is like hey shut up and then she disappears in a sparkle of light meanwhile while all this is happening in the attic the henchman is downstairs just like shooting his arrow around and i kind of like he's we see that he's shooting his arrow and then he orbs his arrow like back into yeah because I guess they just get teleportation in general. Because mm-hmm. he bamps the crossbow into his hands and then, you know. I like how he doesn't shoot to kill Piper. He just shoots two crossbow bolts that pin her arms to the wall. You think if he was a good enough shot to do that, he could have just killed Piper. But she's not on the list, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So he manages to shoot the owl. Well... He's goes he goes to shoot Wolf Girl. Be- right, right. Because his boss is like, you know what? I'm I'm sick of mooning over. Her. Just kill her. Just kill everyone. He goes to shoot the Wolf Girl, and then the owl flies in in slow motion and takes the bolt. Yeah. <laughs> slow motion owl. And and only by the way, only then are they able to like freeze one of the bolts and then have. Prue do the thing where she spins it around so it hits him. Because I guess that bolt is the only thing that could have killed him. And he kerplodes. Yeah, he kerplodes. Uh, I feel like there was nothing preventing you from doing that when he first showed up and started shooting. I know the point was that he pinned Piper's arms so that she couldn't do her freezing thing. But I feel like she should have been able to get a freezing thing off before he was able to get four arrows out and pin her arms. Also, we know that she can do one-armed freezes. Also, I don't feel like her... I feel like she could have just... Because it's, it's a hand thing. It's not an arm thing. Yeah, her hands were free. You know what? She, her, her head wasn't in the game. She was She was all thinking about her wedding. This is why the elders don't want you to be in a relationship. It, I, I was going to say with Leo, but honest to God, I guess in general. Right. That they. It's weird because, you know... Grams doesn't like the elders, but the elders were probably super into Grams' thing where she just married dudes to try to have babies and then killed them when they couldn't successfully help her reproduce. Yeah, that's like exactly what uh, the elders want the witches to do. Huh. Huh. 
Because you know Grimms is trying to be the mother of the Charmed Ones. Yeah, of course. Of she, course. She went through, what, eight husbands? So was the she, f- was like the, she was like the Henry VIII of, uh, of witches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be fair to her, canonically, we don't know that she killed all she of did, her She did not behead any of her husbands as far as we know. But we're just going to assume that she, if not killed, then turned her husbands into things and sent them off. I think she just divorced them. Because she didn't, she didn't have to found a whole new church just to divorce them. Like she, she already lived in California, so she already had no fault divorce. Wait, when was she getting married to all these people? Because the girls were children in the seventies. When no fault of California was the first state to have no fault divorce. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that's not true. Nevada was, but California had no was one of the first states to have no fault divorce, and I think it was in the seventies. Yeah, but. Patty was already fully grown in the 70s. Grams would have been getting married in, like, the... Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, she didn't have no fault divorce. I mean, she could have been going to Nevada for divorce all the time. I think she probably (laughs) just... She's kept up a little apartment in Nevada so she could go over there and get her no fault divorce. I mean, I guess it's possible she legitimately just used magic to convince whoever to give her divorces. I mean... Yeah, I guess that's true. Do you You think she... Sorry, go on. It's interesting about Nevada that, so no-fault divorce in America didn't used to be a thing. You used to have to show cause for a divorce. You used to have to sue for a divorce, and it was like a whole thing. Except in... Nevada. Nevada. So there used to be like a trope in fiction where, you know, you would go to Reno to get a divorce. And since that's not a thing anymore, the trope has become you go to Las Vegas to get, to ma- get married because there are less requirements for marriage. There there are fewer requirements for marriage in Vegas, hmm. in Nevada. But, you know, Vegas is where they take advantage of that fact. Huh. It's a weird thing. Like, it, it's like it... It's, it's like Nevada exists just to fill whatever hole in the ecosystem exists. Is it a Mormon thing, or...? I guess it wouldn't be a Mormon thing, would it? No, no. It's just, it's just, it's a desert. What else are we going to do here thing? So, back in Charmed. Owl Guy has been arrowed with a regular arrow. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. I don't know that it is a regular arrow because it causes the, the minion to, like, explode. So even though it looks like a normal arrow, like, maybe they were just being cheap. Or maybe they forgot the Dark Lighter arrows look different. I mean, I I don't know. We do, I don't think we have enough evidence to... Yeah, we can't really say either way, I don't think. It's entirely possible that just once you become infused with evil magic, when you die, you just explode. Oh, okay. That's... that's. Hmm. And maybe it's part of that whole thing where demons don't want other people to find out about it. Cause... Oh, right, right, right. Although, I mean... If you're... If you mostly just look like a normal dude, and you die because of an arrow... That, that is a thing that kills normal... I, no, no, but if it was just, like, a thing where when you die, your body explodes, no matter what, just because, you know, you don't know that you're going to die from a normal human death. Yeah. Now, the owl is super tiny for an owl, mm-hmm. and the arrow is ginormous, and it's true that if you get shot with an arrow, you should not pull it out. This, yes. This is an accurate thing. If you absolutely need to pull the arrow out for some reason, and you don't, don't pull it out to get medical help. But if you absolutely need to, don't pull it out backwards because the back of that head is going to cause more damage than it did going in. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, like, giving her... 
I, okay, so if you're in this very specific situation where you are shot by an arrow, when I was in high school, uh, there was a I, I feel like it's faded from pop culture, mm-hmm. but there was a real there was a moment where worst case survival handbook was this book that was really popular. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I had I had a couple of them. I did too, and I feel like our and it was kind of like tongue in cheek, but it was also actual real advice for like worst case scenario survival. Um, yeah, I had a real one, and I had, like, an aggressive joke one. Oh. Like, I think it was the best case scenario thing, where it was like, oh, what do you do if you see a malfunctioning ATM that's spitting out hundreds? Okay. But, I mean, this one, like, it, it legit had, you know, answers for, like, how to do this, how to do this. Anyway, um, I feel like that informed the way I think about things, because I... Now now I'm, like, watching TV, and I'm like, no, don't pull the arrow out! Yeah, I, th- I think the internet put an arrow in that particular owl. It's true. But the point is, even though they're doing the right thing and not pulling the arrow out, it looks ridiculous, because it's a tiny owl with yes. a giant arrow sticking out of it. Yeah, it, well, it looks like an arrow that has a big fuzzy ball at the end of it. <laughs> Feathery ball. They've wrapped, they've wrapped the owl up in a little towel. It's, it's very sad. And Leo's like, oh, I can't heal him. I can't heal animals. They call he's an animal. They call Leo. Uh, they're like, don't worry, we know a healer and he'll be able to fix this up like... And Leo bamps in and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, the elders have a no healing owls rule. Yeah, I can heal pipes. I can heal pipes. I can heal signs. I can, I can heal, heal clothes. Tea, but not owls. And uh, Which, by the way, bullshit. Because he's not an owl. He, he's a human. Honestly, I mean, I know it's out, probably outside the purview of uh, White Lighters, but I feel like they should probably be able to lift curses. That feels like it should vaguely falls, uh, fall under the umbrella of healing. No, I mean, it, it, no, that's, that's, that's magic of a kind I don't think they have access to. I'm, I'm okay with them not being able to do that. Honestly, you know, I feel like the Charmed One should have had a spell in the book that's about reversing this sort of, we know they can turn animals into people we saw it earlier well, maybe they do have a spell about that but phoebe couldn't find it because grams was too intent on talking about piper's wedding i'm just saying phoebe could have definitely reused the uh animal into people spell from that one episode where she turned those animals into people phoebe could have written a spell to do it she's she's good at that although I, i'm pretty sure it's a rule that um only the person who cast the curse can undo it this would be doing a new magic thing like, cursing him to always be a man? No, you can't layer curses like that. No, no. So. Okay. So, Cole shows up. Cole is, it's weird because we do, we love Cole. I love Cole. And obviously it's different for a few reasons, but Cole's taking the neighbor Dan thing here. Oh. Where he shows up and Phoebe's like, you can't come into the house where, uh. Naked. Everyone's naked in the house. You can't come into the house because uh, Prue and Piper are naked. And Cole's like, pretty sure I wasn't asking to come into the house, but okay. He's like, I brought your books back about having a secret wedding. I need my books about serial killers back, please. And he starts to follow her into the house. So my joke was wrong. And Phoebe's like, I oh, know you have to wait out here. But uh, I, I, I am attracted to you. It's just there's there's a sister thing going on. That, uh, she says that her sisters got into a fight and trashed the house, which is the worst <laughs> excuse I can think of because what? 
Like the images that brings to mind. It it would it would be less suspicious to just bring him in and let him see the owl with the arrow in it. Where's my mac and cheese? <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense to be like we came across this owl and we're trying to take care of it because we're nature lovers. Like some some asshole hunter shot it. Like my sisters got into a fight and trashed the house like WWE up in here. All of her chairs are broken because Piper and Prue were just breaking them on each other. Just... What? Huh. So Kit is a hundred percent not doing her job here, but to be fair, she's been relegated to green screen uh, stock footage. Yeah, yeah. And Leo comes out and is like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And Cole's like, "Nothing. I'm Cole. Gonna bang Phoebe and make her the queen of all evil." And Leo's like, "Cool." And they shake hands, and then you know Cole leaves because Cole leaves, and Leo got white lighter jizz all over Cole's hand. Cole's got white lighter residue on his hand. His hand is just covered with glowing sparkles, and he's like, "Gross, gross, 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 gross." I love this so much. Then he detaches his shadow like he's Peter fucking Pan and is like, go send a report, shadow. And the shadow like sails away to send a report. I love Cole. I seriously wish they never found out about Cole and he like married Phoebe and was just evil subtly. Then it became like a farce where he was trying to hide the fact that he's the source of all evil and he's married to, you know, one of the charmed ones. Oh my gosh. Someone please write a sitcom theme about a sitcom with that premise. So, back in the manor, Brooke is giving up on love. She's gonna run over to the sorcerer and be like, I'll be with you if you just save Owl Guy. And they're like, you know, that's not gonna work out, right? Like, he's, he's evil, but that's not how evil people work. And she's like, oh, I suppose you're right. Is there a back door I can use not for running over and telling him that I'm giving in on to his demands? I just need to know where the exits are in every house I go into. I mean, it's noble of her to, like, want to do that. Like, Yeah, but it's a little unnecessary sacrifice Not unnecessary sacrifice but sacrifice that blatantly won't work. I don't know that it necessarily blatantly won't work. I mean... It's true that this guy just kills things, you know, for for no reason. But also, he doesn't seem to have the follow-through. If he gets what he wants, I feel like he'll be done with uh, Christopher. Mm. So, meanwhile, Piper goes out to talk to Leo and is like, I just don't know. Us getting married is going to hurt so many people if we get blown up. Us getting rutabagued. Right, right. I'm sorry. If we get rutabagued, then the... There are too many people. It will hurt too many people. I think it might be a bad idea. And Leo's like, but you love me, right? And Piper's like, I mean, yeah, sure. And he's like, so we should get married. And Piper's like, I really feel like you're not listening to what I'm saying. And Leo's like, hey, love is the most powerful thing in the universe. Love is love, 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 love. Love lifts you up where you belong. All you need is love. Sorry, I'm going into the, uh... Across the universe, uh... No, it's... Oh, uh, Moulin Rouge, sorry. The Elephant Love Medley from Moulin Rouge. Man, I really want to rewatch that movie. I'm gonna make you watch that movie. Willow doesn't watch the last ten minutes so she can pretend it have a happy ending. I'm assuming she also skips <gasps> the first five minutes. Of Moulin Rouge? Yeah. It, it's a thing Tara talks about in, uh... 
in Buffy where she she says Willow doesn't watch the last 10 minutes so she can pretend Moulin Rouge has a happy ending. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But I, I don't you also have to skip the beginning of Moulin Rouge? No, no, it's not uh it's not that kind of frame story. It's we see some we see we see it being written, but it's not it's not like it's not like this is how I met the girl who died. Yeah. Yeah. So Phoebe runs out to where Leo and Piper are having their, not even argument, kind of meandering discussion about whether or not to get married. And she holds up the chalkboard and it says, you have my blessing. And then she holds the chalkboard up to block out the eclipse. It looks kind of like she's trying to block out the elders from being able to... <laughs> right? But, but no, it's the eclipse. She's like, I realized that the elders can't see what happens on Earth during the eclipse, so we can have your rutabaga while the eclipse is happening, and then it'll be cool. But also, while the eclipse is happening, turns out Owl Guy's a human again. So now Piper has to choose wedding or saving these two people yeah because wolf lady if she had stuck around for two more minutes i know the whole situation would have been resolved but now that owl guy is no longer an owl because the eclipse has broken the spell so now they're both humans forever you just had to wait you had to wait five minutes leo can heal I, i i don't think it's i don't think it breaks the spell forever i think it just breaks Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it does. It breaks the curse forever. But if she goes to him and is like, I will be with you, then, like, she's stuck with him. Is she? Can you not just break up with people? Not if they're sorcerers, apparently. So they have to get to her before she kisses him. Otherwise, the magic is, like, sealed in. It's like the opposite of Once Upon a Time. It's like True Hate's Kiss. So. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I do want to point out, though, that when... Phoebe, like, raises her chalkboard to block out the sun. It's not that the sun is extra dangerous during an eclipse. It's that you can't look directly at it even though your brain might think that you can because it's dark. It's no more dangerous than the regular (laughs) sun. Just treat it like the regular sun, Phoebe. How did the how did these two people not know that their boss was evil? Because we cut to <laughs> Wolf Lady going into the boss's office where he's yelling at his minions that he hasn't blown up yet, and there's like this giant evil glowing red eye above his desk, and the whole thing's chrome and like black leather. Maybe they just thought he was like a Lord of the Rings fan, and he just needed the Eye of Sauron behind him. Or or maybe like it's the thing where you don't really get to meet the boss until you're higher up. I guess that's yeah. <laughs> oh, he. But you're right. Yeah, if they had seen him for like two seconds, he's cartoonishly evil. There's no. There's no. Maybe it had really good benefits. I. I feel like this was. This was during an economic boom, though. Like you could have had a better job or another good job where your boss wasn't a cartoonishly evil demon sorcerer. Yeah. No. But I think. I think. I mean, he probably offers a really decent salary because he's not going to have to pay out a lot of it because he kills everyone. I mean, why not offer people, you know, $85,000 a year? You're only going to have to pay them for like a couple months before you kill them or turn them into owls or whatever. Exactly. 
Anyway, she shows up and she's like, okay, I love you. And he's like, you're only doing this to save him. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, good. That was my plan. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm, look, I just want to possess you because I see you as a possession. Because, you know, evil. And she's like, I'll be with you, but my heart will always be with him. And he's like, okay, cool. okay yeah. I, I, I knew what the situation was going into this. I mean, I didn't think you... I didn't think that after a couple of months you'd be like, you know, oh, it turns out I actually love you. Like, I know what the deal is. So, the Charmed Ones get to the office and... With Owl Guy. With Owl Guy. And Piper freezes everything. Okay, I do love that, like, suddenly... The feeling of rightness that Graham's ghost talked about to Phoebe hits her. She's like, I've got this tickle in my brain tummy, or soul tummy, I suppose. It's her guts. Her guts. That's, I don't know, I just have this good feeling. And Phoebe's like, Graham's ghost told me about it. It means that you can get rutabaga and the elders can't do anything about it now. It's, this is so, it's so weird. I wish there had, I, I, this is the only thing I wish was different in this episode. The, like, my guts feel weird. It's time to get married. I wish there had been something, like, external. Some, like, really external obvious sign. You mean? Like an eclipse. (laughs) It's completely unnecessary. The eclipse is the thing. The elders can't see you during the eclipse. Oh, do you think maybe the eclipse was the sign and that didn't work? So Grabs was, like, shooting little, like, magic invisible bolts at her guts right now? Like She's using telekinesis to shift her organs (laughs) around. She's She's, like, Jesus Christ, or witches, goddess, goddess above. I really thought that you would understand it was the eclipse, but okay, whatever. I love how Alex guys like, if you need to go do something else, it's fine. I can just go get my girlfriend. Like, you don't need to help me anymore. And they're like, we kind of do. Do you not remember the fact that you were shot like 10 seconds ago? Right. They can still shoot you with crossbows. So they charge into the office and he's like, oh, the Girl Scouts are here. And I appreciate that he's an evil villain, but, well, that's why he's not going to survive this episode. He should have a more healthy fear of the Charmed Ones. Oh, I thought you were going to say Girl Scouts, because Girl Scouts are... Girl Scouts will also fuck you up if they need to. Yeah. They're the, resourceful. The U.S. government legitimately has a plan to uh, deal with the Girl Scouts should they attempt a coup. That is an actual thing that exists. Amazing. But... He's like, whatever, the Charmed Ones. I'm a sorcerer. And they're like, well, you may not be afraid of us, but are you afraid of true love? And then the dopey-ass Christopher walks in. Dopey-ass Al Guy walks in. He's like, oh, Erica, or whatever her name is. She seems It's like, Brooke. Brooke. God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. These characters feel lifted right out of a soap opera. Oh, my God. You're right. They do. And, he, and the sorcerer's like, no! And they, they, like, run to each other in slow motion across the office. And then, you know, he scoops her into his arms and he kisses her. And the sorcerer's like... <laughs> Honestly, to bring up Once Upon a Time again, this is what True Love's kiss should have done. Because they kiss and it causes him to burn up from the inside and die. Like, imagine if Once Upon a Time had really weaponized True Love's kiss like that. Well, I mean... Like in one of my favorite movies, Stardust. Yes. Where spoilers for Stardust, which you, you should, should watch, watch anyway. You should watch anyway, and also like the spoil, like 
knowing the end doesn't change anything. Where, you know, she glows when she's the main character. Who is a star. Who is a star, glows when she's happy. And they defeat the main villain by, uh, she thinks that her true love guy's dead, and it turns out that he's not, and they embrace, and the glow becomes so bright it obliterates the uh, witch who was trying to carve out her heart. And it's... Who's Michelle Pfeiffer? Who's Michelle Pfeiffer? Full circle. Full circle. It's such a good movie. It is a good movie. I... It's different in the book. In the book, uh, the witch just lets Yvain go because she's like, your heart belongs to another, it's useless to me. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like that works in terms of, you know, the book, but it's not super narr- It's not super cinematically satisfying, so right. I'm glad they went with. They didn't do the Devil and Daniel Webster ending. Although, it's weird because they have that, but also they have Yvain, uh, Tr- uh, Tristam isn't, y- you've read the book, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so just for the audience uh again spoilers for it in the movie tristan is immortal forever because he has the heart of a star and the two of them end up waiting until uh, the kingdom is peaceful and you know their children have grown and the two of them uh take the last uh candle and ascend back into the heavens that's not what happens in the book in the book uh tristan grows old and dies and yvain is immortal and she just watches over the kingdom you know i i like the movie ending better i think the movie ending's better and also it works with the thing they do he in the has block. the heart of a star yeah like oh. so i don't really get why like it really seems like the book also should have had the him not grow old thing if the heart is useless to the witch because it belongs to someone else but whatever <laughs> it's still no don't get me wrong they're the book both is, great they're both great i get trapped in a cycle where Watching the movie really makes me want to reread the book, and then rereading the book really makes me want to rewatch the movie. It's one of the few things where the movie adaptation is just as good, but in different ways. So, um, another one of those for me mm-hmm. is The Princess Bride, which has a very similar feel. I wonder if there's something about that kind of modern fairy tale where the books and the movies work well together. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh... So anyway, hand fasting time. Yes. It turns out that they blew up the guy with enough time left over to run home and get married real quick. Get rutabagan real quick. But did they? Because just as the, uh... Just as the hand fasting is getting started, because they did need a high priestess, but Gramps' ghost apparently qualifies. Yeah. Which makes sense. She she is sort of a big deal witch-wise. But they get, like three words into the ceremony before leo gets blown up okay no so he doesn't get blown up like it's i i just want to bring this up because this is actually a kind of a good special effect he gets forcibly orbed away and like you see his body like stretching and distorting as he tries to resist being orbed away and then grams is like don't worry we'll fix this and piper's like uh no this is un, un unknown wrath and she starts crying, and it's very sad. I do like, later they kind of give up on this. They have Graham's, she has a ghost effect. She's wearing this kind of flowing thing. She's, like, floating a little bit. She's glowing. Later, when they have Graham's manifest in the physical realm, they don't feel like doing the effect, so she just shows up and becomes corporeal. Well, they realized if they wanted her to, like, touch things, they, the aura around her was going to be too much of a pain in the ass. Which... And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Well, what I like about this is that they clarify that she can use her telekinesis as a ghost but she can't touch things because when leo is zooped away by the elders uh, piper falls to the floor crying and uh 
Prue and Phoebe, you know, they hug her, they surround her, and Grams reaches out and then kind of pulls back a little bit because she's a ghost and she can't physically oh. touch Piper. I didn't really, I didn't even notice that moment. Oh, that's... Well, it's good because it's the, it's kind of a upshot. Like, the, it, it's a very cool angled shot sort of from the stairway mm-hmm. because they're getting married at the house. Right. And uh, Grams isn't the focus of the uh, shot. Piper is. So it's just this very subtle bit of side character acting, huh. which I like. Interesting. But yeah, Leo's gone forever. Bye-bye, Leo. Dead. Or in Or he was already jail. dead, right? Yeah. Is he... Do they have, like... Super dead. Well, do they have, like... A version of, you know, because, you know, there's the underworld and then there's super, super hell, hell, which is where demons go after they get killed. Is there, like, a super hell in White Lighter Land? Like, well, I think you go to the same super hell. The weird underground tremors place? Yeah. Where the... Wait, does that mean that Cole also got, like, White Lighter powers? Why would he get white lighter powers? Because he absorbed the power, like, when he went into super hell. He oh, absorbed... right, and he absorbed all of the... Well, maybe no white lighters have actually gone to super hell. Well, I, I just figured there's, like, a good version of super hell <laughs> where they stick, like, the white lighters who aren't evil but break the rules too much. Like, I don't know, a giant... Like Sam? I... Yes. I don't know, like, a giant ice wall or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, Yes! Because we see Leo get... In the last season. Yeah, that's what... Ha- okay, yes, that that's what super heaven prison is. Yes. Also, I do like Grams before Piper falls to the floor, uh, you know, crying. Grams says that she's going to go back to the spiritual realm and take care of this. I'm like, oh my god, she's going to talk to heaven's manager. <laughs> yes! <laughs> she wants to speak to the manager of the elders. Oh my god, I love Graham so much. Uh, so final scene. Cole is down in hell talking to the triad. The triad who look radically different. I feel like maybe one of the actors is the same. Because they've got... Before it was like three old dudes, right? And now it's two... It, and now it's one old dude and two younger dudes. Well, I think there's like a bunch of people in the triad. And they just, just they need three to make a quorum. They just swap <laughs> them out. Yeah. Actually, I, I think that is what they end up going for when they bring back the triad in like the last season. Where they're like, you can never kill the triad because... It's an idea. Which is stupid. It just means, yeah, it's just random demons. It's not different than it. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Cole is like, all right, I've got to, I'm on it. I'm going to seduce Phoebe and it's going to be great. And they're like, yeah, lots of people have tried that. And they all got vanquished. And Cole is like, but have you seen me? Phoebe is totally in love. No worries. I mean. He's not wrong. Cole is head and shoulders above the other people who have tried to kill the Charmed Ones or tried variations on this scheme because he's not a total idiot. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a nice way to phrase this, but Cole's biggest superpower is basic common sense. I thought you were going to say basic competence. Oh, yeah, no, he's he's a competent person. He He didn't send a genie after them? God... God. So, I know we talked about uh, we talked around the episode a lot. We talked about a lot of other stuff, but I genuinely really love this episode. I if, I found it very enjoyable. Yes. It's it's a lot sillier than the show usually is, although it well, hasn't quite, you know, taken this sharp turn into 
complete cartoony bullshit. I would say that it's sillier than the show used to be because we are on our way to some complete cartoony bullshit. But I don't know. It's it's good because all of the characters are still taking the situation seriously. The situations are getting goofier, but all of the characters are behaving seriously in this situation. Yeah. Outside of Piper's weird, you know, face when those two women are showing each other their engagement rings. What was up with that sequence? That was It was ridiculous, but I loved it. I loved every moment of it. So, yeah, this was a really good episode. So, the next episode we're going to talk about is called Once Upon a Time. <gasps> Yeah, it's just that was the show. Yeah. And, and speaking of... It, it's not the stupid Cinderella thing. That, that is still quite a ways off. Yes. But speaking of saying that the girls should unionize, the plot description from Peacock is, Prue and Phoebe try to save a girl's life. Piper goes on strike. Oh, this is the fairies episode. Yeah. Oh, this is the fairies episode. Do, do you remember the thing with the fairies episode? Only little kids can see fairies. So Phoebe and Prue cast a spell that gives them the minds of children. Oh, now I... Oh. God damn it. I liked this episode so much and now I'm like, oh god, I forgot about... So what you're telling me is there's going to be some astral projecting next time. There's going to be some serious astral projecting next time. Speaking of, let's talk about our segments. Yeah, let's get to our segments. So we have our own power of three. Let's tap into the first power in that pack. Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous later. I didn't recognize anyone. I got real heavy soap opera vibes from the dude, but... Okay, so famous might be stretching it. Who was in a property somebody might recognize? But uh, Brooke... Wolf Lady. The Wolf Lady was played by Elizabeth Harnoy, who people of my generation might remember as being Alice in the Disney Channel original TV show, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, where Alice is like an aggressively 90s, 90s kid and like just travels to Wonderland having fun adventures, but like in a very 90s way, like the the White Rabbit is on rollerblades. I can't I can't emphasize enough how much this was the nineties. Yeah, I uh you, you showed me the intro sequence from it and it ran for a surprising amount of time given something that had that particular intro sequence. I I actually uh I recommend well I recommend this anyway, but uh there's a YouTube channel called Defunct Land mm-hmm. and he's done a few videos about some old disney channel properties and i i definitely recommend watching the defunct land episode about alice's adventures in wonderland so i think that might be it for that segment i i can't really think of anyone else who was anyone i didn't look it up but i'm sure the minions were in buffy oh yeah they're big 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 minion energy so that'll take us to our second segment time freeze what specifically dated this episode for you i have one do you oh gosh i i don't have one in particular uh what what was yours okay i don't know if this isn't a thing anymore i feel like it isn't but bridal magazines i know the whole magazine industry is just kind of kerploded because there was a time where no matter how niche your interest was 
there was a whole magazine about it, but the internet kind of put a arrow in that owl. Mm-hmm. Just the... Also, they went to a bookstore. They did go to a bookstore. You know, it's funny. I don't think of bookstores as being a time freeze thing. Well, because we still Because have. we live in Portland, home of, like, one of the greatest independent bookstores in the world, Powell's. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Brick and mortar bookstores. I mean, I know there are still things out there, but there was a period where they were aggressively in vogue. I spent most of my teenage and, honestly, college years just hanging out at Barnes and Noble's reading. Yeah, same same here. In fact, in my hometown, the Barnes and Noble that we used to hang out at, a Borders bookstore, which is out of business now, Borders bookstore literally opened up next door to it and they both did well until, you know, the whole chain Borders went out of business. I I know this is also corona, but I feel like one of the many many bad things about the kind of ubiquitousness of Amazon is that they got rid of, you know, Borders and Barnes and Noble as spaces where you could just exist. Like, okay, like, thirds, <sighs> yes, yes, spaces that where you can just congregate. Like, even Barnes and Noble isn't perfect because it's still a place where you're kind of expected to buy things, but they used to have, like, huge overstuffed comfy chairs where you could just sit and read for hours and nobody would do anything i remember when they started to move those chairs out because they wanted to discourage people loitering in the bookstore um it's true though as a society it's it this isn't just amazon's fault i mean amazon's evil and most things are amazon's fault but this is like all of capitalism's fault but we are increasingly running out of spaces where you're allowed to just exist without spending money. It's a real problem. Yeah. So I saw a thing where someone was talking about people are complaining that teens are always on their phones and they don't want to socialize in, you know, real life anymore. But the truth of it is there kind of aren't really places where you can just exist in real life anymore. Even malls are going out of business. Like, you know, loitering in malls isn't even really a thing you can do anymore because they're all not existing anymore. So... Yeah, it's a problem. Someone needs to do something about it. Well, that was a kind of depressing time freeze. Oh, you know what, though? Um, All of our listeners who live in Portland, uh, the thing you should do about it is get involved in local government. And by get involved, I mean go to Total Recall and download the petition to recall Mayor Ted Wheeler. I All, all of our Portland listeners, please do that. Also, if you're a comics person, buy books at Books with Pictures. If you live... I was going to say if you live with Portland, but I'm pretty sure she ships. So, yes. <laughs> yes. That is kind of unrelated. It's it's related because we're talking about bookstores. But I believe that will take us to our theoretically final segment. Uh, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? I I think for me it's Brooke talking about... When, when Brooke tells her version of the story, um, I felt moved because she, you know, she loves Christopher and... When he tells his version of the story, the undercurrent is revenge. I'm going to find this guy, sorcerer guy, and I'm going to get revenge. Whereas Brooke's undercurrent is kind of the guilt and responsibility that she feels for everything that happened. And none of it was her fault. So I just, I feel so much for her in that moment. Yeah. My telekinesis is, again, it's very little, but just the fact that Graham's kind of reaches out for Piper and then pulls back a little bit. 
it it's so good and it's such a small thing i'm almost entirely sure that it wasn't directed it's just jennifer rhodes right that's the actress who plays Grimsley. jennifer rhodes is a very experienced actress she's been you know in the game for quite some time and she knows how to make the most of her screen time mm-hmm. so do we have either one of our well, secret segments speaking of Jennifer Rhodes, my levitation, where I'm just like, yes, yes, kick levi- ass, levitation, our secret power. What made you just so jazz? What, what, what Gen- lifted you up? Jennifer Rhodes, Grams being like, I will fix this. Yeah, get him, Grams. And of course, our other secret power, astral projection. What made you cringe so bad? You wanted to leave your, you know physically leave your body i actually didn't have one this episode did you oh uh, mine was the opening uh the the opening thing where the universe is throwing bridal stuff in piper's face oh see i loved that i i i wasn't going anywhere <laughs> all right i believe that'll about do it i believe that will do it our show is partially listener supported if you want to be one of those supporters you can go to our patreon page at patreon.com backslash welcome to television I just recently did like a short series, just little 10 minute episodes talking about every Christmas episode ever available to patrons only. Christmas in July. Yeah, Christmas in July. Exactly. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maracruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show you should join our facebook group welcome to television we can also be contacted at i love tv zines on twitter or at i love television zines at gmail.com so until next time i'm tina and i'm max and this has been welcome to hallowell manor Mm -hmm.